This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? This is the Action Network NFL Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. This is our early win total episodes. My dude Stucky will be joining in just a second. But to kick off the show for our NFC win totals, uh, I just want to let you guys know that to any listeners that are going to be out in Vegas next week, Action Network is hosting a pre-NFL draft happy hour at Circus Stadium Swim in downtown Las Vegas next Wednesday, April 27th. We've got an open bar, surprise guests, and betting tips from some of your favorite action pros. Uh, Darren Ravel will be there. I would have loved to be there, but April 27th is my birthday, so uh, I will not. Uh, But the event is 21 plus. It's totally free, but does require an RSVP. So if you're in Vegas next week, just check out the link in this episode description to RSVP. Should be pretty litty. Stuck. What's going on, man? Haven't talked to you in a few. Yeah, just uh, some nice rest and relaxation uh, after college basketball. It's kind of my slow time of the year. Uh, So I took some time. You know, that's time with friends. I have some time with family coming up and uh, reading and just kind of getting away from sports, although still grinding a little bit. But last couple of days, updated all my NFL stuff, made sure I haven't missed anything in some of the off-season craziness. So uh, excited to talk about the NFL for the first time in a while. Let's do it. Uh, before we get into that, just real quick, what, uh, what are you reading? This is relevant to the podcast, but this is uh, Football for a Buck. Okay. And this is uh, the crazy rise and even crazier demise of the USFL. So it's a oh, right now. So, um, the first time around, New York Times bestseller. This is a book on Ukraine and Russia. See people, this is like a, a, the puzzle of Polynesia, how, how it started, who were the first ones there. Smoke gets in your eyes is a sad one. It's like stories from the crematorium. Uh, Robert <laughs> Saviano. Um, no, but it's like really good life perspective stuff. This is zero, zero, zero. This book, this show is phenomenal on Amazon Prime. It's based off of this book. He also wrote Gamora, which I think is also a show. Tower of Basil. This is uh, a secret bank that runs the world. Really interesting story. These are all nonfiction, by the way. Emerald Mile. I'll just say it's the fastest ride in the history through the heart of the Grand Canyon. That's all I'll let you know. Here's another sports one. Boys in the Boat. Nine Americans in their quest for gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Really cool story. Uh, Tunnel 29, about people went from west to east Berlin. Empire of Pain. Similar if you read Dreamland, which I think I've recommended on the podcast before. That's like about the opioid epidemic. This is about the Sacker family who like made like billions off of the opioid epidemic. So those are some of the, the newest, my newest purchases in the spring. Damn, bro, you went hard, like you go just as hard at reading as you do it like handicapping because that's like I, I usually read like you know maybe two three books at once but damn that's like that was like 10 well i don't sleep i still don't <laughs> sleep in the office i sleep a little bit more so i still I have a lot of hours to fill up in april and may but uh I, I was excited to go read some nfl stuff over the past couple of days and get that feeling back even though it's farther yeah. away you know you got the draft coming out and we'll have the schedule release so 
it's nice to have a little teaser, a little off-season talk and see what we think of some of these teams and the moves that they've made and where there may be some value. And, of course, we'll talk again. Um, we'll have a draft. We'll have draft episodes. I won't be on them. You will. Uh, you know, we'll obviously have Kerner on there as well. Have great draft prop stuff, but we'll also talk, you know, later um, after, you know, schedules come out, drafts happen, more free agency signings. So this is kind of our first taste, but uh, it's always nice to talk some NFL. Absolutely. And uh, we already have a, a draft episode out with uh, Scott Smith, one of the best mock drafters in the business. Uh, he talked about some early props that, that he liked. So uh, check that out if you haven't heard it. But uh, let's jump right into the NFC here with, with win totals and uh, just kind of a way to kind of talk about some of the, the moves and, and, you know, don't really uh, recommend throwing the whole bankroll on, on any of these at this time of the year, but just to kind of set everything up and see if there's anything we like, let's start with the East. You have Dallas at 10 and a half wins. You have the Philadelphia Eagles at eight and a half, and then the giants and commanders are at seven. What are your initial thoughts uh, about the NFC East? What a stupid name. Uh, the commanders. I, I like to, I kind of the football team grew on me. Like it's, it's supposed yeah. to sound awkward, right? Like at first and commanders does sound awkward to me. It's like, I, I thought like uh, when I saw like Carson Wentz got traded to the commanders, which we'll talk about, I was like, what is he's gone to like the USFL? Like, it doesn't sound like an NFL team to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe he should have gone to the USFL. I know that wouldn't even have surprised <laughs> me. Uh, hey. I heard other people talk about he went to Washington. So, and on top uh, of that, on top of that, remember the logo mishap where they, yep. they had like the wrong year of the Super Bowls. So for anyone that doesn't know, they had, they had like, instead of the years that they, uh, this, of the seasons they won the Super Bowl, they put the actual year, which is the next year, because the Super Bowl happens, you know, in Jan in February or January. And like everybody was like, "What? This is not even the year y'all won." Like they can't do anything right right now. Yeah, the same thing happened with the Indians. They changed it to the Guardians, which I don't like. It doesn't sound like, like that a either. baseball team to me. And they just they, on the on the front of their co their practice complex, they just took off I N D, and then <laughs> these like metal letters, and then put G U A R D. But they they used different colors and different letters and it just it's the worst looking thing i've ever seen if you haven't seen that uh i'll try to retweet it again but i would have liked them go like the spiders or they used to be the spiders but i don't know that's not uh that's not our wheelhouse but yeah when i first look at the nfc i think it's a really fascinating division because when i look at the nfc as a whole and we're going to get into some of these other divisions you know i look at with tom brady coming back although i i believe that entire story i don't know if it's been validated with him trying to backdoor to go to miami but he's back in tampa and you look at that division, which we'll talk about, it's like, who's winning it besides Tampa, um, barring, you know, lots of injuries. You look at the NFC North, it's like, all right, who's winning it besides the Packers, right? I mean, the Vikings, maybe. The Packers did lose Devonta Adams, which we'll talk about, but still the Packers division. Vikings maybe are your intriguing team there. You know, so like the NFC West, um, I don't think that, you know, when you look at the futures market, is what I'm really referring to. The Seahawks are done. We'll talk about them. The Rams, I don't think that there's any value. The 49ers, again, I don't see any value there. I'm not a buyer in the Cardinals. So when I'm talking high level is where I'm going to kind of break into the NFC East. It's like, all right, who's the sleeper in this division? If you're looking for a long shot future that can get in as a wild card, if you, if you assume that Dallas wins the division, who can make a run? Because I think that's where you have to target in the NFC. The NFC is nowhere close to as deep as the AFC. Um, and I think that maybe one of these teams in the NFC East, not named the Cowboys, could sneak into a 
wild card. And then, okay, who has the, the kind of pedigree, the staff, the quarterback to make a run? Who's going to take that next step this year, potentially? So let's, that's how I kind of looked at the NFC East because I think Dallas got worse. Um, you know, you lose Amari Cooper, you lose a Randy Gregory in that just debacle with the salary. You lose Al Collins, you lose Connor Williams. I mean, like their offensive line is now, it goes from this Cowboys offensive line is like two years ago. It's like, this is the best offensive line in the NFL. Now, potential weakness. The defense thrived off turnovers last year. Not sure that that can persist. Diggs regression, especially. So I think Dallas got worse. I think that the commanders, I don't really see much that they did to get better. I'm not a believer in Carson Wentz. So it comes down to me, the Eagles and the Giants. And here's the question. It's do you believe in the new staff of the Giants, which I think is a major upgrade across the board from management on down, or the Eagles staff in their second year where you could take some strides um, after, you know, they get some pieces to know what they, you know, now they know what they're doing. And what it comes down to is I think which quarterback can make the leap. And it's interesting that Brian Dable now is at the Giants and we saw Josh Allen make that leap. So the question is, can Daniel Jones make that leap? And the reason I ask about Daniel Jones specifically is if you look at some of his numbers and if you look at some of Jalen Hurts' passing numbers, they are, you know, they're not going to wow you. They're not like, oh, this is a guy I think can go win the Super Bowl. But neither were Josh Allen's. But the difference between the difference between Hurts and Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones played at Duke. And then Daniel Jones played, you know, with awful coaching staff, awful coordinators, bad offensive line, you know, a lot of injuries at his skill positions. We've seen Hurts go to Oklahoma and Alabama, like play with as good of talent as you can play. So I like I, I feel like we maybe we've seen his peak as far as accuracy and, and throwing the ball. So that is the most intriguing thing with the Giants is can Daniel Jones make a leap? And if so, I think they're a really, really like just a, a you know, if you want to take a long shot in the NFL this year, uh, maybe it's the Giants. Um, I know you're going to have strong opinions on the Giants. So let's start there. Um, what are your thoughts on the Giants and then just Jones in general? Do you have do you think he has any ceiling that he can reach? I think he does because, you know, just looking at that bill stat and on you know, date what Dable did with Josh Allen. And uh, I know it wasn't only him, but I, I do think there's some unrealized potential there. Uh, I also think that it really is going to come down to, you know, what the Giants end up doing with those, those first rounders. And, you know, Thomas was yeah, two top 10 picks, two top right. 10 picks. He was much improved uh, in, in, in last year, but they still need, and, and I know they signed some, you know, they kind of cobbled together a few interior linemen in free agency, but I think you're going to need to hit on another tackle in, in that, in that top 10. And yep. it, it's not going to, it can't be like you hit on him and, it, and it, he's good next year. Like if they don't, if they only have like Andrew Thomas and a bunch of like kind of free agent, you know, rejects on the interior, it's not going to be enough. So I think they're going to have to, that guy, you know, whoever it, it ends up being there, I know there's, they're talking Neil and, and a few other guys, but I just think it, he has to hit this year for, for the Giants to kind of get over that win total of seven and, and make a run. And then, yeah, you're just betting on the improvement all the way around because in a lot of ways, there's still you're still running back some of the same personnel. I mean, you're going to the receiving core looks like it's going to be similar. It's going to be Galladay, Shepard and Tony. It's not they're not bad receivers. They were bad in Garrett's system and, you know, none of them could stay healthy. And maybe that's an issue. So I think the Giants still have the same low floor, but I do think their ceiling, you know, to your point is raised. 
if they can hit on these draft picks because they probably need to hit on a tackle. It'd be ideal for them to probably hit it on, on a corner at, at some point as well. And, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about Sauce Gardner. If they can go two for two in that top 10, I think that goes a long way. And, and one on, one's on offense, one's on defense. Because Daniel Jones is probably like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league that you still feel okay giving like another year to. So it's like he's not – like there's certain quarterbacks you're just like, it's over. Like we, we don't even have to continue to kind of evaluate. I think Jones does have some unrealized ceiling just because – he does have the, the ability to move around. And the Giants, maybe they're just the Eagles. Uh, you know, the Eagles got to the playoffs. They're, they're just the 2021 Eagles in 2022. They got to the playoffs. Probably won't make a run in the playoffs, but can they get there? Things break right in this division. You always point out, no one ever wins the division like two years in a row. It's always a toss-up. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Giants kind of stand out to me. I'm not a believer in Carson Wentz. So, that's – I'll say that, you know, I, he's a cool guy, great guy. I, don't, I just don't – quite think he's cut out to be a leader and I don't think it's going to go well in Washington, which is, you know, they love their football. There's very- also bad vibes around there. Like, like McLaurin yeah. is McLaurin going to sit out like it's And if that happens, then it's a disaster on offense. Um, yeah. There's just not great feelings around there, but yeah, I think that the giants and if they get sauce Gardner, I've the, the biggest sauce Gardner fan in the world. I've been hyping that guy for two years. I think he's going to be an all pro within like two to three years. I think he's an absolute star. If the Giants get him and then get like Neil a tackle, you're I'm going to take a flyer on the Giants because I think what they, they their cap space isn't great. And they're going to need like guys like Aaron Robinson, who I, I don't mind. He was hurt last year at corner. He's got to take a, a leap. Uh, Ojalore at the edge, they need something from him. But I like, I like that they brought in Wink Martindale. I like that the Ravens got rid of him, but I like that the Giants yeah. are bringing him in. I It's just – Look, his system and his scheme is not going to work in the AFC with all against all those elite cornerbacks. But the Giants needed they need a way to generate pressure. And this might be a way to do it, blitzing a lot more. But when Martin does he plays a lot of man. And James Bradbury is not a man corner. He's more of a, a zone corner. He's a huge cap hit. They got to let him go. I'm assuming they're going to try to trade him. They'll let, I think they're going to end up dropping him. Sauce Gardner's got to come in. Um, or someone like him because they, they're probably going to need a corner that'll fit the scheme a little better. And I mean, their schedule's pretty manageable. Yeah, I make just my preliminary numbers before the draft. The Giants, I made them 8.3 wins. And now it's not completely refined, but their win total is what sitting right around seven, it's seven, seven, seven yeah. flat. It was seven and a half last year. I think they're going to be better this year. I think just the coaching staff just, and then the, the positive injury luck, the schedule's a little easier. I think the Cowboys got worse. I think Washington is not any better. And I don't think Philly got better. I mean, what did Philly do? Philly added like a, a couple linebackers that might be a better fit for Gannon's system. You, you know, maybe they get a bump in year two of their, their coaching staff, but um, I still don't buy their, you know, their receiving core, their, their defensive backs can Hertz take that leap. I don't know. I feel, feel like we've seen where Hertz has played with, I, I don't know. I, I think that the Hertz is what he is as of right now. So I don't know. I think the division overall got worse. The giants are going to be better, especially just from a coaching standpoint, health schedule. So I, the giants over win total is one of my favorites on the board, depending on what they do in the draft and what other teams in the division do. They might just be worth a complete flyer. Then you got to hope for those throwback Giants teams that, uh, you know, they get in with like nine wins and then they go on a run and maybe get to the NFC Championship game. Maybe go to Lambo. That's what you want. You got to get the Lambo in the NFC Championship. Other than that, I, I, have, I show a little bit of value on the Eagles over, but that's mainly because I'm low on Washington. 
And I think Dallas got worse. But for me, this division is about the Giants. I think that there's that's where the upside is. If you're looking for an interesting flyer in the NFC, I think you look at the NFC East who you think is going to get to a potential wild card. And then whoever you believe in, that quarterback who you think could take the leap. You know, maybe you're a Wentz guy. But if you are, then okay, maybe you can give it to yourself in Washington. Maybe you think Hurts can take that leap. Okay. And then Nick, look at the Eagles because the NFC is not deep. It's like you got the Packers. You know, you got your Bucks, you got your Rams and 49ers, but the wild cards, I think one of the teams is going to come from the NFC East, and that's where you could potentially look for a flyer. But I like the Giants' win total over. Yeah, I like the Giants, and I think the Eagles, they actually probably have a more realistic chance at making, like actually winning a playoff game, you know, getting there and actually winning one. Because the one thing I think the Eagles, if they can just upgrade that receiving court, with one more guy, you know, ideally you'd like two because you have Smith and Goddard is a great pass catching tight end. So you have two weapons. If you can get, you have to get somebody to take those Rager, Jalen Rager snaps. Like, yeah, and, and they have two first round draft picks. So you yeah, think, you assume they have 18, get one. 15 and 18. And then they have 51 in the second. They have two third round picks. So days one and, and two, they have five picks in, in the top 101. Uh, so, you know, you, Zach Pascal is not the answer, but he, he'll probably be you know, good for them on special teams and you can be that fourth receiver. They, if they can replace Rager, at least ideally Rager and Watkins and knock each of those guys down to a depth chart, maybe get rid of Rager altogether and Watkins and, and Pascal are your, you know, number four and five guys uh, that this could be a different team. Cause they, we know they know how to run and we know their defensive scheme uh, can work. They just also, now they're going to have another year to kind of add to the personnel. Cause that's one thing, like the Eagles scheme, we both like Gannon, but I remember by the end of last year, it was like, yeah, this is like the easiest scheme to play against in the league. Cause like they didn't have enough, I, I think personnel wise to, to make it work. So I think the Eagles are intriguing as well, but their win total is also a, a win and a half higher already. So you're not getting, you're not really getting as, as much, but I, yeah, I think the Eagles giants have been two teams. Yeah. And instead of, yeah. And I'm, I'm talking like deep fly, like, Eagles are like 40, 45 to one. Yeah. Giants are, you can find them 100, 110 to one to win the Super Bowl. But yeah, I mean, I have the Eagles projected at 9.3 wins as of right now. Uh, I would like for them to get like a, you know, I like the signings of Reddick and, and White at linebacker. I think they, they better fit. It's, a, it's just a, a position that they've completely neglected. And I think both of them better fit Gannon's system. Um, I just think they need, if they get like a, in that, in that first round and they hit with a defensive back mm-hmm. and yeah. a Fire receiver. Safety. Yeah. Um, then, you know, if you, if you got like a, I don't, I didn't even look at the updated draft projections, but if you ended up with like a Chris Alava and like a, a Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Then and he's kind of dropping. So that it's not yeah. out of the question and, and they have yeah. enough capital if they like a guy and this is always dangerous. Cause you know, the, you know, they drafted, I mean, well, I guess it was the last, but uh, they drafted Rager, but yeah, they, if they, they have yeah, their the receiving, their receiving drafts has Ooh. not, have not gone well, uh, yeah. but I mean, Smith um, is, Smith they is, did hit Smith. They did yeah. hit Smith. And that was kind um, of a no-brainer, though. But who yeah. was who was the kid? Oh, man, I don't even know where he is anymore. Um, our second white side. What's he up to these days? Uh, I think he's still on the roster. I don't know. That's a good question. Let's see. I thought he was still on the roster. He's just like a special teamer at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's still there. But yeah, uh, he basically got drafted because yeah. he caught some jump balls at Stanford, and the Eagles were like, "Ooh, we're gonna take him in the second round." All right. Um, NFC. Yeah, Cal- I mean, Cowboys, I have, yeah, I mean, and then it just, cause I know people want to hear about the Cowboys and the Cowboys are, their win total is 10 and a half, uh, over 10 and a half minus 115. Last year they went 11 and six. Their win total last year was nine and a half. I think they got worse. I project them at like 10.3. 
And they, they need now, like I said, their offensive line has questions. I think their defense might regress questions at safety and linebacker edge rush now without Gregory, who's their kicker, but maybe you get an upgrade because you don't have Zerline anymore, but um, you know, maybe it's the offense. Can the offense bounce back without Cooper and offensive line questions with a healthy Dak all season? How much is that worth? But uh, you know, you don't even know if what's, if um, what's his name is fully healthy. Who you're going to need to rely on now? Who I like, their other receiver who got yeah, hurt in week 17. Yeah, he yeah, might, you don't he know might miss some time. Yeah, yeah, right. You don't know how long he's going to miss, and then you don't know how healthy he is right away. And you're missing Cooper, you're missing Collins. Now your offensive line isn't as good. So, yeah, I mean, Cowboys win totals. It's gone up a, a full win, and I think the the Giants could be a little better, the Eagles could be better, and I think the Cowboys got worse. So I don't see any value now with the schedule when I projected out. I'm like 10.2, 10.3. So I'm not going to play the under, but. uh I have no interest in the Cowboys from any futures markets or or win totals. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Cowboys, it's and we should kind of point out with the NFC East is why we're spending so long on them. uh, And why, you know, one of the reasons I'm sure you're kind of saying, Hey, this, this is one to look at for like a long shot is because they, they play the AFC South. So you got games against the Texans, the Colts, the uh, Titans and the Jags. And, you know, all four of those, I mean, the Jags should be better, but like, it's not going to be a good division. At all, I, I don't think so. And we kind of, yep. I feel like we argue about this every year about like strength of schedule and how that the AFC South in particular. But I think that's a, a win for that. That's one of the reasons if the Cowboys do go over, um, it'll be thanks to that, and then just piling it up on on the on the East as as they tend to do at times. Yeah, that's so. the, even if the Giants aren't, don't take this big leap. I mean, look, they got the the Jags. You said the the Jags, Texans, the, Texans, Lions, the, yeah. the, the Bears, the Lions at home. They're at the Seahawks, who are now in that bottom rung now because there's a couple teams now we used to have there's a lot more teams this year that are way in the tank that are just like reset rebuilding including the bears the seahawks now they also play the panthers at home so like the giants are are, and we don't like washington you get two games against them i think that so even if they don't improve that much there's they could that team last year could find its way to seven wins but i think just with better health upgraded staff i think that you know these two top 10 picks Um, I think there's a really good shot. The Giants go over seven here. And now a word from our friends at Hims. When it comes to sports betting, there's no shortage of problems to talk about. But there's definitely one problem guys never want to discuss. Erectile dysfunction. ED impacts about 30 million American men. 30 million. And still, most guys would rather make bullshit excuses or just ignore the issue altogether instead of turning to experts for a solution. You listen to this show because you're looking for some good advice. Well, here's some. Check out Hims and discover a pill worth celebrating because thanks to science, erectile dysfunction can be optional. Their website, forhims.com, is a great resource for hair loss, skincare, and erectile dysfunction solutions for men. They connect you with licensed medical providers who can provide FDA-approved erectile dysfunction treatments entirely online. They are the same medications you'd get from your doctor, but with no appointments, no face-to-face visits, and no copays. You just answer a few questions, and products are shipped directly to you. 
Try Hymns today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhymns.com slash action network. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash action network. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. This could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Restrictions do apply. See website for full details and safety information. And remember, that's forhims.com slash action network. All right. Now back to the show. Let's go to NFC North. And uh, I, I'll, I'll start off by saying... I know you said this is the Packers division. I think you fade the Packers. I, I think that the Packers are one of the teams that when I was looking at early futures, and this was even before they traded Devontae Adams, I felt that this team was just overrated. And I feel like that even more. I just don't think there should be a two-win disparity between them and the Vikings at this point. Because, I mean, say all you want about Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, the two things that – because remember, he was kind of average for a while. They're not – or like, you know, he's, he wasn't great – elite Aaron Rodgers for like a couple, you know, a few years in there. And then you get LaFleur, you get Hackett and things turn around. And now you you lose your best receiver. Who's getting, you know, about 34% of your yardage and touchdowns and you lose your offensive coordinator who, you know, yes, you still got the, the head coach, but that's like two of the most important factors to, uh, you know, a quarterback succeeding. And if you, and if Aaron Rodgers is not like MVP, Aaron Rodgers, then, you know, if he's just like good, but not great Aaron Rodgers, which could very well happen. I just think the Vikings have a real chance because the Vikings are, they're not amazing. They don't wow you, but they're pretty solid across the board. And I mean, some of their losses and, and hiccups are just maddening and just, you know, kind of just some combination of bad luck and just, I mean, just all, all these, you know, injuries and just stupid decisions at the end of games sometimes. But I mean, I, I see the Vikings as a legitimate threat here. Uh, in the NFC North with, with the Packers in this situation, just with their receiving core and, you know, re- so reliant on, on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I can convince myself that the Vikings can make a deep run. I mean, they're 40 to one, but similar to the giants, I think a coaching change and coaching methodology change, especially on offense uh, could go a long way here. I didn't like some of the moves they made. I mean, they brought in Darius Smith, Harrison Phillips, Jordan Hicks, re-signed Patrick Peterson. They lost Pierce, Xavier Woods, and, and Conklin. But I, I can, you know, they're going to switch to a 3-4 on defense. It's going to go from the Zimmer D to something else. But I think they really, without Zimmer, I think the offense can really take a step forward. Can the, the young pieces on the offensive line and the secondary take a jump? That's the key for the Vikings. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have – What's that? the Vikings and Packers? I I I agree. I mean, the Packers' win total is sitting at 11. over eleven minus one twenty, which I think is high. But with their schedule, the grant they play in an easy division, I project them at like ten seven, ten eight, um, and then the Vikings' win total is sitting at nine. I project them at nine and a half. So I'm closer to like a win win and change differential. And like, yeah, I mean, the Packers. Don't Adams is huge. Rodgers is another year older and he just took so much. I mean, that contract, I mean, he good for Aaron Rodgers. You do get Alexander back. You hope that Stokes takes another step forward. And then your secondary looks a lot better than it did last year, but you know, you're replacing Adams with Watkins pretty much, you know, you added, added Jaron Reed, you lost Zedaria Smith. And then something that not, not a lot of people are talking about the offensive line. Isn't going to be as good with some of their losses. You know, you lose Turner, you lose Patrick. I know they have a lot of depth there. 
But I, I agree. It's hard for me to see the Packers not winning this division. It's just what they do. But I don't think that this team is anywhere close to as good as they've been in years past. And yeah, I wouldn't hate taking the Vikings like three to one shot to win the yeah. division. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, the Packers will be in the playoffs. Pretty confident saying that because now there's another team, extra team that makes it. But uh, yeah, I could see the Vikings winning this division. And I do think there's value at three to one because as you said, I only have the difference a little over one win instead of the implied yeah. two. And this is, this is one of those divisions where, listen, it's early, right? It's, you know, we're talking about this. It's, it's late April, but if you're looking to bet on it, on a division future at this point, you're getting the Vikings at three to one. And it's, we pretty much know it's going to be a two team race. The bears are eight to one. The Lions are 12 to one. We can barely confidently say those teams are at least a year away. still. like, I don't think the bears and Lions are going to be challenging for that number two spot in the division. And so that's why I like the Vikings, but it's really comes down to like Vikings one or Vikings two. And you're getting three to one on that, you know, that they can't finish one. And I mean, you know, injuries happen, randomness happens and uh, that's what you got to kind of take advantage of. So yeah, that's, that's, that's probably my favorite bet is just Vikings to win that NFC North. Um, you know, regardless how you feel about the win total, obviously I think they go over nine if they win it. Um, but three to one to win the North is pretty good. The bears win total seven, the Lions win total five. I don't really think we need to talk too much about that. Bears win total uh, lines. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty spot on around six. I'm living a little lower. They're at five. But, um, so yeah. Lions are at five, five flat. Yeah. I project them five, seven. Um, so not enough for me to bet the over. I thought it was six and, uh, so yeah, I'm at like five, seven ish. I'm really low on the bears. What, what are you seeing for bears right now under it's at seven, seven uh, minus yeah. 135, uh, yeah. which is like, don't feel great you know, about between, it. Between, Yeah. I, I like the under, um, if I had a bet there, I mean, this is a bears team. I like the hire. I like the, the regime change, but this is a bear team that had to blow everything up their The previous regime, when they were going for it, I mean, they were just, their cap was an absolute disaster. So they had to get rid of Allen Robinson, Mack, Goldman, Hicks, Peters, Effetti, Nichols, Dan, go on and on and on. They're, they're just completely gutted their roster. I, I think smart, intelligently, you know, getting rid of, you know, contracts like Mack and they have to start over. Now they have a little higher upside than the Lions because, you know, kind of know what Jared Goff is um, yeah. and what can Justin Fields do in year two. But I think this team is a mess. I like the hire of Everflus. I think it's going to be, some people don't. I actually really do love it. But this is a year. They have no first-round pick. They're cleaning up the cap this year. They are just building for the future. So, yeah, last year their win total was seven and a half. I think they were significantly better. Uh, under seven, I'll, I'll pay the juice to go under seven. I don't see this team winning eight games. Lions are who they are. They're going to fight hard. But they didn't really do anything. I mean, who did they add? Mike Hughes? I mean, DJ Chark. That's about it. And, uh, you know, they have – they're in a good cap spot. And I think that they're building for the future. And But – um, three top 35 picks. Still don't believe in their secondary. The receivers are golf. Um, I'm a little higher on the win total, but nothing there. But I, I do like the Bears under, and I agree with you, Vikings for the division. Yeah, the Bears are just in a tough spot because they got a defensive head coach, but the defensive personnel isn't there. They still have issues on offense, and they got – I mean, Getze, he was in Green Bay too, so that's another guy Rodgers loses. Um, I believe he was the passing game – he was the quarterback's coach and then the passing game coordinator for the Packers. So, But he's a first-year – coordinator so i mean yeah it's just, they're just a year away in my opinion yeah, I, I if like I'm a, i've been clowning the bears i've been betting bears win total unders uh by the way my win total i'll have my win total under piece on actionart.com for my five or six official haven't haven't lost one in the last uh three years but i've i've I think i'm i have four pushes 
Um, <laughs> but it's, I'm like eight, oh, and four. I'll have my five or six official ones. Bears will be under there. And I always clown the Bears. Bears fans, I think that there is some hope. The only thing that I would worry about if I was a Bears fan this year, obviously it's the NFL. You want to start out with hope and, you know, maybe get lucky and get to the buck. I think that they're going to be able to build this right, build it back up, just because out of fields. Look for fields progress every week. That's all you need. Yeah. And if that happens, you have hope, because I do think that the regime change uh, is going to be a positive in the long run. If the quarterback works out, it doesn't again. It doesn't matter what you do from a coaching perspective if you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, I think I actually think quarterback isn't as high on the Bears' list of worries. I mean, it, I just think the roster needs, you know, it. it yeah, it I'm is, just saying they're they're resetting the entire <laughs> right. roster. But if you have it's a young tough. quarterback for you know two three years from now, yeah, that's that that'll give you a shot then. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long year. The issue is, I mean, and, and, you know, look at the AFC, look at what these teams are doing with these quarterbacks on their rookie deals, you know, like yeah, by the time, by Burrow the time he might, and, and Allen and, and Herbert, like, so like looking yeah, at the, by Bears, the time he might actually field. get the roster yeah. and then, then he's going to yeah. have to get paid. But, and then it makes it that's up. what we're here for. Like we like, cause like, I, this is how I feel about it. It's like everybody who's a fan of a team. I, and I'm sure, you know, some people realize it. Some people don't, if you've been in, if you've been following long enough, you do, but like, this time of year is puff pieces and everyone's talking about optimism and hope. And if you just get the pieces and, and this and that, it's up to us to just give you like, yo, this is what, what it really is. We have no allegiance to none of these teams. I mean, I know you're a Ravens fan and whatnot, but you always speak very honestly about them and, and you're pretty good at handicapping them as it is. But it's like, this is our job. It's like to, to just tell you what it is. And, and Bears are just not in a good spot right now, unfortunately, you know, it's just that, that Matt yeah. Nagy one year where they went like 12 and four, that might be their peak for a while. Just want to let you guys know that Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball, or amount of hits in baseball. Then you choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money that you put in. Uh, and the main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some shmoney. Make sure to use promo code ACTION and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, use promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's go to NFC South. Tampa Bay leading the way with 11 and a half wins. You have the Saints at eight, the Panthers at six, the Falcons at five. I don't know. Where do you want to start here? <laughs> it's like Tampa Bay and everyone yeah, else. I, yeah, we can start at the top of Tampa. I mean, they do need to address their guard position. They lose Marpet and Cap, and that's obviously important when you're talking about Brady. Uh, they did get Shaq Mason. I think that that's probably where they're going to target the first round is give me another guard because – Pretty much they're, you know, their roster's intact. You know, you're going to get Godwin back. Uh, they lost Jordan Whitehead at safety, OJ Howard, Ronald Jones. But, like, this is the same, you know, I assume Gronk's going to come back at some point. 
you know, Pierre Paul and Sue are, are free agents currently, but you know, well, they're, they're main questions bad last year. So I, I, oh, I don't so think bad, he, but I I, I'm just saying like the pieces <laughs> that you've heard of, this is like yeah. such a, this is basically the same team. Their, their problem is depth, youth. They could, you they could use some help now at guard because they lost their two guards and, and, and the defensive line, you know, cause it's an aging defensive, but this is like Tom Brady. I doubt he's going to be here after this year. Um, so this is just, all right, one last hurrah. Then this, the Bucks will probably end up having to be like the, uh, the bears. I assume they're in a bad, bad cap place. So um, they need to fill out the roster. I don't even know how they're going to fill out the roster because if you look at who they have and then how many they have to sign and then their rookie class, they have no, no cap space. It's uh, it's pretty messy there. But they, they stay healthy. This is one of the best teams in the NFL with Tom Brady back in the fold. Uh, I don't see any value in them. We went total 11 and a half. I make, it 11, I make them 11.3. So the question is, um, and their Super Bowl odds, 7 to 1. They're minus 280 to win the division. Like, no thanks. Um, the question is the Panthers, they still don't have a quarterback. I'm not a Malik Willis believer. Some people are, I don't, I don't think Kenny Pickett can come in and, you know, star as a rookie. So I, they don't have a quarterback. So I don't want to add no interest in, in backing this team. I do like some of the veterans. Like they had like a bunch of swaps. So they got rid of a bunch of like mid veteran guys and then added some, I, I like some of the guys they did bring in. They have a lot of new faces, but they just don't have a quarterback. If you want to bet the Panthers now, the interesting thing, and, and the Falcons are a mess. The Falcons are like the Bears. They're starting over. They're, they were in a bad spot because the previous regime went for it, and they needed to reset and restart, and that's why they got run to Ryan. And, but they need a lot of help across the board. This is a team last year. They went 7-10, and 10, but they were – you know, we talked about all year. DVOA, they were like 30th. They were one of the worst teams. Yeah, they beat up bad teams. That, that's pretty much all yeah. they did. Yeah, they got way worse. Uh, Atlanta, win total over 5, minus 120. I make them 4.5. Uh, so I would lean under there. Carolina, I lean under, but if you want to bet Carolina, here's the interesting thing. I think their offensive line could be a little better. Is Matt Rule's obviously on the hot seat. I think he knows that Darnold's not the answer. So the question is, are they going to draft Willis at six? I don't know. I mean, their GM, they've traded picks for the, Their only pick in the top 100 is pick six, which yeah. is bad because this roster needs help. So do they go out and then – you know, because they're in a, a division that's maybe vulnerable besides the Bucks, but they're one like Brady injury away from winning if they from potentially winning this division. If they maybe just went out and said, "Let's go get Jimmy G," who we know is a serviceable quarterback who can win games against you know teams to get to eight to nine wins. Um, so do they, does Rule just say, "Look, we're going to get Jimmy G. We're going to trade this pick six for like you know two late round first round picks or a first and a second help the roster out some more basically rule just being like, I'm just trying to save my job this year. I don't know. So maybe there's upside with the Panthers that they do bring in a veteran quarterback because I'm just, I just hate Sam Darnold. I, I, so like, I think for me, that would be a big upgrade from Sam Darnold to Jimmy G, but really no interest in the Panthers. The most interesting team is the saints here. Me. Um, they won eight games last year. Their win total. Sorry. They won nine games last year. Their win total is eight. It was nine last year. They get Jameis Winston back, who showed strides last year. And the major, the main question here is, can Winston continue that development without Peyton? How much of the Winston we saw last year was Peyton, and how much was it not? And we've seen Allen, the new head coach, coach head coach for it didn't really work out well. I actually don't mind him. You know, you're going to get Thomas back. You, you know, you do still have some holes at wide receiver and safety. The offensive line, you lose Armstead, isn't as great. Um, but Here's what I think. If this is what I, if I was the Saints, where I think that there's some potential upside with the Saints, I don't mind their win total over eight. Sign like sign Honey Badger, 
get your other safety because you lost Marcus Williams and Jenkins are tired. You got Marcus May and like sign like Honey Badger, go sign a veteran receiver and then get like a left tackle, maybe a D lineman or another or a receiver in the draft. And I think this team's a nine to 10 win team as long as Winston doesn't revert back to who he was. So that's the question is Winston, can Winston continue what he was doing without Peyton? If so, I think this is a potential wildcard team. And I think there is some value on their win total over eight. I'm, I'm at like eight, nine. And I think that there's some things that they could do in the draft and then bring in some veterans to address like receiver and safety, a couple guys that are out there. So the Saints are the interesting team here. What, what are your thoughts on, on New Orleans? Yeah, I, I'm a little, I'm kind of pessimistic because I, I think they have some big holes at some spots that, you know, in the past were, you know, were good for them, like tackle and, and safety. And then I just look at their schedule and they're, you know, obviously you got the home games against Atlanta and I mean, you got the two games against Atlanta and Carolina each. That's great. They, they should be able to beat those teams, but well, they'll sweep the box. They'll sweep the box too. We know that. <laughs> That's six wins. I, I mean, maybe, but six yeah, to now in the division. We know that when's the last time the Bucks beat the Saints in the regular season? <laughs> but the Saints have had their number for what, how, yeah, no, they have. Um, but so you have the but, but you also have the home games of Ravens, Bengals, Raiders, Rams, Vikings, Seahawks are like the only one you say, okay, that that's 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 the edge to the Saints. And then uh on the road, you got the Cardinals and the Browns and the Eagles and the Niners and the Steelers. Like there's just not if the Saints are this like, you know, seven-ish, eight-ish win team, I just don't know if like this is the year that they could play above like overachieve. And then I really worry about them overachieving without Peyton. Cause we've talked about it on the show so many times where we're just betting on the saints because, you know, Peyton is an underdog Peyton in you know, different spots that I just feel like he gave them so much of an edge that, you know, I worry about how it's going to look without him. I worry about how James is going to look without him. You know, Dennis Allen, now he's going to have more responsibility. He was great, great for their defense, but we've seen this happen in the past coaches that, you know, kind of have that like little more laid back demeanor and, you know, very good as a, as a coordinator, they get into these head positions and it's just more too, they kind of bite off more than they could chew. You have more tasks. You have to do more. Does that affect the defense in any way? I, I'm going to wait and see mode with the Saints because I do agree. I think roster wise, if they can plug some holes um, with their, you know, with their draft picks and, and whatnot, they could be in a good spot. But Going into the draft, as of right now, I, I'm I wouldn't go over that with them. And you know, I, Panthers, I kind of agree. There was like a time when I was like, "Hey, Tom Brady was retired." You know, Panthers are sitting. I was like, you know, if there's any team that may kind of outkick the coverage in this division, it's probably the Panthers. But now I'm hearing that Matt Rule might not even care that he's on the hot seat and doesn't mind going back to college. And you know, there's clearly disagreements at at the quarterback position, and like it just it just doesn't sound like a good spot either. So, you know, they're another team until we actually see what they are going to do um, at quarterback. I can't recommend going over um, six is kind of, you know, it's a little too low to go under at this point either. Like you said, maybe they get a guy like Jimmy G, maybe they're the second best team in the division by default. So it's just, this is like a division. I don't really want to bet on right now. It's just, it's just kind of a stay away. I don't, you know, the bucks are overvalued at, or they're, you're not really gaining anything by betting minus two eighty for them to win a division and holding your money there for what, eight, eight nine months at this point. So yeah, this is, yeah. this is kind of a stay away division. I think you re, I think we just have to revisit this after the draft. I think I'm going to be on the States in some form of fashion. The interesting thing we, we, we always like Peyton as a dog and in, in these spots, yeah. what, what, what are we going to Winston's he's named all these spots. Winston is a dog. But then he's going to be a favorite against these teams where you could also lose to. So that throws another wrench in the Saints. Yeah. Uh, um, but I'm sure we're going to be backing the Saints uh, 
on the road as some dogs at some point this year. But that is a long time away. Let's yeah. move on to the, the last division in the NFC. Let's do it. Uh, NFC West got the Rams, the Super Bowl champion Rams, leading the way, 10 and a half wins. You got the Niners, still with Jimmy G on the roster, Trey Lance, Debo, contract dispute. They're at 10 wins. Then you got the Cardinals at nine, Kyler Murray. What's going on with him? And then the Seahawks way down there at six. What are your thoughts? This is this is the look. You got the, the Debo situation. We don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G. It's um, we're not fans of Cliff, uh, Kyler Murray. Who knows what's going on there? I didn't really like what the Cardinals did. I mean, I think they got worse. I mean, they re-signed. What did they do? They re-signed Connor Ertz, Max Williams, AJ, AJ, AJ. Green. Uh, they got Will Hernandez. Gladney. I mean, who? I mean, that's like I think that's all they did. They lost Chandler Jones. They lost Chase Evans. They lost Christian Kirk. They lost Jordan Hicks. And it's still Cliff. And they extended Cliff Kingsbury. I think that's a disastrous offseason for the Cardinals. Not buying them. They were frauds all year, and they finally got exposed after just getting lucky with. Uh, I mean, they resigned Cole McCoy. Maybe Cole McCoy will take my money again. I was so mad when I saw it. No <laughs> oh first round pick. Uh, no first round pick. Their caps in a bad spot. They went eleven and six last year. Um, they went over eight. Was their win total? It's nine this year. I make the I project them eight point six. No, yeah, thanks, they're, they're they're at five hundred team through and through. Yep, Cardinals. No, thank you. Look, the 49ers, Who knows who's going to be their quarterback? The Rams. I they, I don't think there's any value in the Rams. They're the Super Bowl champions. They have no top one hundred picks. Yeah, that's it's like the, that, let me just the Seahawks. Yeah. This is the Seahawks division with. Oh wait, never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's Drew Locke. And oh, uh, the the Seahawks are very, very bad. Their win total is six, over six, plus 100. I project them at 5.2. They're really bad. So I, I have I, – I might play the Seattle under. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I, are they just going to trust Drew Locke to throw it to Noah Fan a million times? I don't know. Uh, I, I was assuming that I was going to bet the Rams under – they went 12 and five last year, ended up winning the Super Bowl. Their win total last year was 10 and a half. This year, it's over 10 and a half. Again, minus 115. I project the Rams at, so it's implied over 10 and a half, minus 115, like 10.6. I project them at 10.65. So nothing. I'm right there with them. But they lost some important pieces. Darius Williams, they lost Austin Corbett, you know, Von Miller, Whitworth retired. So they have some questions at corner, linebacker, and, and uh, on the offensive line. But no top 100 picks, and they got lucky last year. Can we can we say that? Like they, if Tart was a Tart award, I think it was Tart dropped. Was Tart, he, Tart dropped the ball. Yeah. The, the Bucks, the, the, the Bucks decided not to cover Cooper Cup. Yeah, they the didn't last... cover Cup, but like Tart catches that. Less needs a moron for trading their entire future away. They got the Super Bowl, so it worked out, right? Like, so who cares what happens in the future? I mean, I know Rams fans still care, and they're still one of the best teams in the NFC. But I'm saying it did work out. And then everyone will be like, oh, and then now you have teams like that are doing the same thing, like just trading away their future to try and go for it one year. I, I think that's the wrong approach. And the Rams got very lucky. And then they end up playing the Bengals in the Super Bowl. No disrespect to the Bengals, but the Bengals also got pretty lucky to get there. And they weren't the best team in the ISC. And they could have lost to the Raiders if a Derek Carr pass doesn't hit Hubbard's helmet anyway. So I, I thought that the Rams were going to be, look, they had Allen Robinson. I think is a, is a nice addition. Maybe I mean, it may, it may be a nice addition. Like the, Maybe. I don't know. You know, we haven't seen him um, play well in like a year now. So, yeah. But I mean, he has been in a, in a great situation. I don't know if this is like revitalizes him. It's a good high upside. Sign yeah. for no, it's a nice signing, but I'm saying like, it's not like a smash. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Beckham. I haven't seen anything with him, but there's some hole, more holes in this roster. I think the team got a little worse. They have the target on their back now. 
but I thought I was going to be betting the under, and but I'm not. I'm right on on cue, and that's mainly because I hate the Cardinals. The Seahawks are atrocious, and I'm lower than the market on them. And the 49ers have questions. Like, who's that? Maybe they're the probably the most interesting team here. San Frank, there's a lot of uncertainty in what's going to happen with them. You have Debo. What's 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 happening with Jimmy G? I'm assuming he's not going to be there. It's going to be Trey Lance, and then it's okay. Where where does Trey Lance stand? And how do you project him? They do add. Javarius Ward, they gave him a lot of money. I, I'm not in love with that signing. Um, and they, they lost a, a number of guys as well. So, you know, they're probably going to be there. I'm just not sure Lance is ready right now to take them to that next step. I am, let's see, their win total is 10, 10. over 10. I'm at 10.2, 10.3. And that's like trying to juggle, okay, who's going to be the quarterback? I'm not even sure as of right now. And then the Debo situation, you know, you lose Tomlinson at guard. So, yeah, I have questions about corner, even with the addition of Ward. Like, and you're adding like Denard, and uh, so I wasn't in love with their offseason, and there's still a lot of questions with the 49ers. So this division's hard to crack. I wanted to fade the Rams, but it doesn't look like I will be doing so. Maybe I'll fade the Cardinals. Got a brutal home schedule, by the way, if you look at their home schedule. So yeah, I think that this is. I lean some unders on some teams, maybe the Seahawks, maybe the Cardinals, but I don't see any team worth taking a shot on. There's no value in the 49ers, for example, at like 14 to one to win the Super Bowl. So this division to me looks like a, a hard pass. Yeah, it's on paper. You look at it and you say these teams are probably going to be overrated. But then you think about the rest of the NFC. The NFC, I mean, we talk, you know, the, the story of the offseason has been the arms race in the AFC, right? And you look yeah. at the NFC and it's like, I want to fade all four of these teams in the NFC West because I'm thinking this division probably not going to be as good. Quali- like roster-wise, personnel-wise, you know, team quality-wise, as it has been in the past. It's been a really tough division, especially with Russell Wilson on the Seahawks. And yeah. then you look at the schedule and, like, for example, the Rams play, you know, in addition to, you know, the three teams in the division, they play, you know, the Bills, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the, the, the Bucks, the Packers. So it's like the Rams have a tough schedule, only a couple of gimmies mixed in. Um, you know, they got the Panthers, they got the – uh the Falcons those are you know, and the Seahawks, but you know, all the, those schedules are kind of similar, but it's just like the rest of the NFC is so bad that somebody's going to have to win these interconference games, you know, like yeah. it's like the NFC East is pretty, it, you know, it's, it's not great. And maybe there's some wild cards, out, you know, that come out of there. There's two really, I think going to be bad teams in the North. And then there's going to be two, maybe even three really bad teams in the South. And then yeah. the Seahawks should be really bad. So it's like, these teams might all go over just, or, or at least push. we don't really like the car. We don't really like the Cardinals. We, think we don't like the Cardinals, but like they might there. get to nine wins just because it's like, yeah, you know, No, but I'm saying for like playing. the Rams to play the Rams and the, and the Niners get to play them. It's not like, we're like, wow, yeah. by the Cardinals. So yeah, there's, no. there's a lot of wins out there. That's why I have the 49ers yeah. and Rams at like 10 and a half still. And uh, they'll be in the mix. So like if you're, if you're a Rams and you went for it, I think you got a bit lucky and that's what you want to do. And then here's the thing. You're still really good team in a very weak conference. So you're going to be in the discussion when we get to the playoffs. So the thing about the Rams, and again, we're talking, it's it's late April, right? So we're trying to give people any advice they can to, to bet these things. What I would say is that what I'm looking for in these situations, because your, your money is going to be held up for, for the next eight months. So what I'm looking for, long shots at, at decent odds and teams that will increase in value after the draft. And the fact that the Rams just don't have any top 100 picks, you know, they, they might very well go over their win total of 10 and a half. They 11 and six may, may even be their floor 10 and, or 10 and seven, maybe their floor. And, and they're, they're like 60% to go over, but 
it's no, there's no real value there because this team is really not going to get much better than what we see right now. And there are other teams that could get better. So that's why, you know, you look yeah. at a team like the Vikings and say, okay, Green Bay is overrated. It's a two team division race, you know, Vikings, but with the Vikings Rams, a new like, staff, new staff for the right. Vikings. So upside. Yeah. There. Uncertainty. And... Right. With the Rams, it's like, you're already paying the premium. So that's like, it's, you know, if you want to talk about teams, fans and people might get mad or saying this, but no disrespect to the Rams. I'm out here in LA. Um, great city, great support for them on their Super Bowl run and whatever not. Um, great roster, great, great coach, but you're, it's all priced in. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, they need. They, I mean, they have questions on the roster. I mean, Dar- losing Darius Williams, I think, is important. Um, yeah, I don't even know. It's who a little top heavy. Star- yeah, absolutely. Where the starting corner is, you know, you lose Whitworth and Corbett on the offensive line, and again, we don't know top 100 picks. They need like Cam Shelton or that Antoine. I forget his name who they drafted last year to step up on the offensive line. So they're going to need some guys to step up to fill some of the holes they have because they traded away all the draft picks. I don't think that there's much value to be had here in this division. And uh, there's no upside teams. There's no upside shots. I agree with you. All right. So that is going to Drew do Locke, it. For- unless you believe in Drew Locke. <laughs> no, we don't. The no. <laughs> no, edit it out. Edit out the Drew Locke. No one believes in him. Nah. Wait, by uh, the way, what, who is Seattle? What is, I, I don't even even looked or heard anything. What's Seattle's plan? What quarterback are they? Are everyone, they in the mix so for like everyone, Jimmy G or something? Every no. So so here's the thing. Most Jimmy G's going to play for eight teams next year. Most people don't think that the 49ers would trade Jimmy G within the division. So the consensus seems to be right now. Baker? Anyway, is Baker going to go to yeah, Seattle? Yeah, even so. Ba- I don't know if you saw Baker was on a podcast. I I, I forget the podcast. I'm drawing a blank. Um, but uh, he was on a, the, a podcast. And he was talking about how he sucking him off the whole time too. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't see, I just saw the clip. So I I wish I remember the the name of it. I'm sure you can look it up or our producer can figure that out. But the point is he even thought he was like, they were like, where do you think you're going to win? He's like, honestly, probably Seattle. It's just what happened. I think was with this quarterback market. Everyone thought there was going to be like two less quarterbacks on the market than there really were. Cause like Brady comes back and you know, then, you know, like everything kind of, like Watson goes to Cleveland and then Baker's already on Cleveland and then Wentz or it goes to Washington and like it's all this shuffling, yeah. but there's still like everyone thought there was going to be more of like an arms race. Well, but Bridgewater like, goes to my Bridgewater goes to Miami. Right. And like uh, he could have easily like gone back to Carolina or something. So you have Carolina now in the mix too for this. You hear him. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Baker. It's, just like, it's uh, like no one wants to be make the first move because the value has gone down. Cause there's not just one. There's not just Jimmy G on the market. Now there's Jimmy G and Baker. And it, so it's like, no one wants to overpay now for either of them. Cause they're like, Hey, well we could get the other one, you know? So it's, it, it's a weird spot. So I want you to go out and get Cooper rush, baby. Who did he beat the Vikings? He beat the Vikings. I'm still mad about that. He beat the Cowboys. Wait, no. Um, Cooper rush. I mean, he beat the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, that's the the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. And then who else is out? Garrett Gilbert? He covers him he wants. Maybe (laughs) someone is going to go and get him. I don't know. Now, who's your boy? Who's your boy on the uh, Jets? Is he still on the Jets? Mike White? Oh, Mike White. Shout out, (laughs) Mike White. Uh, I assume, yeah. uh, He's got to be, let's see. Yeah, he's still on the Jets. Uh, Matt Rule, give him a call. Shouts to Mike White, man. He had a a little streak there. Uh, all right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Seahawks not in a good spot, but th- that's going to wrap it up. I guess just to recap, so what do you – I know there's not much, but what do you like in the NFC? Yeah, I think if you want to take a long shot, look in the NFC East, whether quarterback you believe in. I might like the Giants, but my, one of my favorite bets in the NFC is the Giants win total over. Um, I like the Bears win total under. 
might go under Seattle. And then I agree with you that uh, I think from a division bet perspective, like future, take a long shot. Look at the NFC East. Uh, win total, also NFC East Giants. Division bet, I agree with you. I think it's Vikings, uh, like three to one. NFC South, something's telling me to bet the Saints over their win total, but I haven't bet it yet, and I don't love it. Um, but I would say those are my three favorites. Like maybe the Giants or Eagles is a long shot. Maybe the Vikings too. But Vikings win the division. Giants win total over. Um, I think would be my two favorites. Yeah, Vikings for me, far and away favorite. Uh, you can get it as high as three to one. I would take that down at two to one because I really think it's like a two-team division race here um, between the Vikings and the Packers. I think the Packers are overrated. So to a lesser extent, I also like the Vikings win total. You're just not getting as juicy odds. So not as much incentive to bet it in April. But I know if you're listening to the show in April, you're probably willing to throw some bread down on it. So like that too. Agree with you. I think Giants and Eagles – uh, in the NFC East, uh, if you're if you want some teams to kind of go over on or, or take a long shot, and then if you want to be bearish on a team, go with the Bears. No pun intended. Uh, you know, think under seven is is a pretty good bet uh, for them in that North division. Because I mean, there's a chance the, the Lions could even be better than the Bears, and that's no disrespect to Justin Fields. I just think there's there's it's going to take more than one year to kind of turn this thing around in Chicago and at this you have the offense is probably the bigger concern but who knows what's going to happen with the defensive head coach and then he's not going to have his personnel I think half point really I have a half point win. separating them right now the Lions yeah. and Bears half yeah point. so Amon Ross St. Brown baby year two 150 catches that's gonna wrap it up be sure to check out the AFC episode we have an episode just like this on the AFC it's also out right now uh, so be sure to check that. We go in-depth on, on all the AFC teams. Uh, you can follow Stucky on Twitter, at Stucky2. You can follow me at Chris Raybon, R-A-Y-B-O-N. You can follow us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets or track yours. And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our betting content across all sports and, of course, our NFL draft content. Uh, until next time, let's get this money.